0: and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin. The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative
1: I think they've been read at almost every carol service I've ever been to. Uh, We know them really well, and yet in them there are four words that are really easy to miss. There are four words that are really easy just to jump over. Four words that have such simplicity that it means anybody, whoever they are, whatever age they are, can grasp it. And yet have four words that have such a depth that we can never really get uh, to the depths of them. Four words that lead Mary to sing worship to God. Four words that are right at the heart of the angel Gabriel's message to Jesus. They're tucked away at the start of verse 32. He will be great. He will be great. Mary's just been told uh, that she is to give the name, the baby that she didn't know she was going to have, the name Jesus. There at the end of verse 31, you are to call him Jesus. It wasn't an unusual name. There will probably be lots of little Jesuses running around in Nazareth. It's a bit like the name Joshua. There's lots of Joshuas that run around. Plenty of Joshuas next door in the school. The meaning of the name Jesus means the Lord saves. But this time, this Jesus is no ordinary Jesus. The first thing the angel wants Mary to know about the the boy that she will give birth to and name Jesus is that he will be great. I don't know if you ever thought about this, but greatness is something that's normally applied backwards, looking back over somebody's life. Um, so think about you know the person in history, Alexander the Great. He has the title the Great. Uh, why? Well, he probably created one of the biggest empires there ever was that reached from was it Greece to India. But his title, the Great, didn't happen until well, after he died. Or maybe think of somebody else a, a bit more recently than Alexander the Great. Think of Muhammad Ali as he told everybody, I am the greatest. But that only stuck and people only started to call him that after he'd won several boxing matches. 20, I think it was about 20 years ago, the BBC asked who the greatest Britain was. And if you go and find what the top 10, the list of the top 10, Winston Churchill was top. Uh, but if you look at the top 10, they are all people who have died. Greatness, we normally look back to see greatness. With Jesus, greatness is seen ahead of time. See, these words of the angel, you know, they're spoken even before Mary is pregnant. He will be great. I know I think our experience of greatness is also that it's usually something that fades. I think it's about nine days' time. Uh, the sports personality of the year will be announced. I don't know if that excites you or passes you by. But somebody at the pinnacle of their sporting career is honoured. And do you know what? A few years later, you can't remember who, did, who got it. It fades, doesn't it? But with Jesus, his his brightness only gets his greatness only gets brighter. Jesus in his life, he held no records. He was not a world decision maker. He wasn't one of the world's money makers. He was from somewhere few people could point to on a map. He'd have been easy to miss in a crowd. He never got married. He didn't have children. He didn't even have a 40th birthday. And yet, this person divides history into two. His impact on the world around us can't miss it you can't ignore it and billions of people all around the world worship him follow him and call him lord see greatness is normally something you look back on it's normally something that fades or it's just something that's hoped for we tell children you hear it you hear it in the schools you can be great if you put your mind to it you can be great or we reassure one another, when we're going to do something new or going somewhere new for the first time, don't worry, you'll be great. It's a hope. It's a reassurance. With Jesus, his greatness is more than hope. It's more than reassurance. Did you see it in verse 37? It's a certain promise. This is bold, isn't it? For no word from God will ever fail. It's a big claim. He will be great. It was a promise that Mary needed to pay attention to. And can I suggest this evening, it's a promise for us to pay attention to as well. He will be great. That's why I think something like this is is helpful for us. Before we are on the, the slip road to Bethlehem and all the Christmas crazy, to pause in Nazareth and be reminded that the one who was born in Bethlehem was the one who was declared, he will be great. Why is Jesus great? Well, verse 30T uh, continues. It says, he will be great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him uh, the throne of his father David. He will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will have no end. Look at the language that Luke uses. Thrones, reign, kingdom. It's, it's the language of royalty. Uh, Jesus is great because he is the king from God. He's the king from God. See, Luke's language here is, is rammed with royal words, and it's packed full of the, my plate at Christmas dinner with God's precious promises from the Old Testament part of the Bible. If you were amongst the people of God in Mary's time, You've been waiting, you've been wondering for centuries for God to say something, for God to do something, to God, for God to save, uh, send his saving king that he's promised. It's as if those promises were fading, they were becoming dim. The expectations were, were flittering away, uncertainty was growing and suddenly in this message from the angel. To Mary, God's promises pile up on top of each other, more than you've ever seen presents under a tree. Here is Mary in Nazareth. Where is Nazareth? It's in Galilee. It's Isaiah 9. Galilee is the place where the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. Here is a young woman, we're told, a virgin, and we're told she will conceive and give birth to a son. It's the sign Isaiah speaks about in Isaiah 7. The promise of God coming to be with his people. Did you spot what some of the first words that the angel Gabriel said to Mary were? Verse 28, the Lord is with you. Here is the promised reign of a descendant of King David. With a kingdom that will last forever, just as is spoken of in 2 Samuel 7. Here is the king from God the longed-for one, the one who's going to establish God's kingdom, the one who's going to bring God's rule over his people. And this king, this king from God is going to redefine what we understand a king to be. You see, for a long time, it's taken me a long time to get my head around, what does it mean for Jesus to be a king? And I realized it was because I was looking at it all wrong. I was looking at my experience of royalty and power and prime ministers and presidents and trying to go, well, if it's like that, then how does, how does that relate to Jesus? But our experience of royalty, I would imagine, is, is distant. And even if you uh, get to see more than photos on a, in a newspaper or, or, or on, the, on the news, if you get to meet them in person, you can't get too close. And it's not for very long. But this is a far reality, a far from the reality of Jesus. We need to let Jesus define what it means for somebody to be king. Here we have Mary, the least likely person in the least likely place. When Jesus was born, he's, he's laid in a manger, an animal feeding trough. I don't know if you've seen it. There's a, a little picture going round Uh, At the moment, just a simple picture of a manger. Above it, the words, the first size bed. That's a bit clever. Spot on, eh? First size bed. He was friends with the people who got confused, who were unreliable, who were uncertain, who were a bit rough around the edges, some of whom had some dodgy backgrounds. This is a king whose concern was for the last and the least and the lost. Here is the king who said, I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. He not only said it, he then did it. It's exactly what he did for you and for me. See, this king from God is our shepherd king. That is true greatness. You want to know what greatness looks like? Don't look at Alexander the Great. Don't look at Muhammad Ali. Don't look at sports personality of the year. Look to Jesus. Jesus says there's nothing wrong with wanting to be great in life. Just make sure your definition of greatness is right. In the words of Jesus later on in Luke, he says, The greatest among you should be like the youngest, and the one who rules like one who serves. That's greatness. That's God's greatness. And it is God's greatness because Jesus is not just the king from The angel's message to Mary tells us that he is the son of God. He is the son of God. I mean, Mary asks the most obvious and probably the most important question, doesn't she? As she replies to the angel, she says, "Well, How can I, a virgin, conceive and give birth to a son? How is that possible? The angel replies, Gabriel replies, verse 35. It says, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. The Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. In these verses, we get to see God's greatness in action. An unlikely person in the least likely place being chosen to play an important part in God's story. And it involves an unlikely birth. If you've ever read the Old Testament, you know this is a repeated theme. This is a repeated story again and again and again. Each one of those stories pointing forward to this birth, to the one who would be called Son of God. You see, it's not just describing that Jesus would have a particularly special relationship with God. He's talking about something bigger, something deeper. See, not since God made Adam has another human being been made by God with his creative power directly intervening. It's as if here we're seeing a second Adam. For just in two chapters time, it is Adam who is described by Luke as the son of God. Here is a second Adam one who can give us a second chance, a new start. More than that, he who is fully human because he's born of Mary, but he's also fully divine. He's conceived by the Holy Spirit. Here is God the son, the eternal son of God, taking on flesh to be like us. An offspring of the woman who can defeat the work of the devil. Isn't that that ancient promise from Genesis 3? The one with a sinless life lays down his life for us only to take it up again to show that he has defeated death once and for all. The angel says he will be great. He will be great. He's the king from God. He's the son of God. And I think we can say that for many of us, that Jesus really is great in that proper sense of the word great. And I just want to offer three little reflections of what that might mean for you this evening. Firstly, if you know Jesus' greatness in your life, if you know him as your shepherd king from God, if you know him as the saving son of God, I want you to know this evening that that greeting that Mary is giving, of being highly favored can be a description of you too. See, Mary was chosen by God, not because of what she'd done, not because she'd done enough to get noticed, not because she had something special to offer that nobody else had. She was an ordinary person, chosen by God, out of His great love. Now... I don't think it's rocket science for me to say none of us here tonight are going to be the mother of Jesus. But when our faith is in Jesus, we get to be joined to him, to share in his inheritance. To know him as our true older brother, he shares everything with us. Or to use another description from the Bible, to be his bride. And one day we will rule with him. Why? It's got absolutely nothing to do with how well we are doing in life. It's got everything to do with who Jesus is and what he has done. You're highly favored. The second thing is that you get to experience God with you. Mary's told that she's highly favored and the Lord is with her. And Jesus, God himself came to be with us. He continues to be with us by his spirit. Notice how those words first troubled Mary, Then they became a reassurance to her. Maybe they need to be a reassurance for you uh, this evening. To be joined to Jesus, to know him uh, as your shepherd, king from God, to know him as your saving uh, son of God. To be joined with him means there's a cost. It impacts every part of your life. Jesus says, follow me, it involves taking up your cross daily. He never hides that away from us. There's a cost. Just think about what Mary had to go through. A virgin pledged to be married, yet pregnant. And yet there's that great promise. The Lord is with her. And if you're joined to Jesus tonight, the Lord is with you. Highly favoured. The Lord with us. And so we, thirdly, can say with Mary, I am the Lord's servant. See, Jesus shows us true greatness, to truly be like Jesus, to truly be great means to serve. We need to think Mary less of a saint who's set apart and special and different and much more to be like a, a fellow disciple, a fellow follower of Jesus like us. Someone whose life reflects that Jesus is great. A few verses on to those verses that we had read. If you've got your bibles open, you'll just see the title. It says Mary's Song. We know Jesus to be great. It means we sing. We sing of God's greatness. We've been joining in already with Mary in doing that this evening. But more than that, our, our lives speak out of God's greatness. In, in, in Psalm 145, uh, there are these verses. It says, great is the Lord, most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. It says, one generation commends your works to another. They tell of your mighty acts." The angel says, he will be great. We get to, with our, with our lives and our words, declare that Jesus is great. And if you're here this evening and you wouldn't yet describe yourself as a follower of Jesus, my invitation to you is to come and discover that Jesus is far greater than you first imagined. Uh, I'd love to chat to you at the end. Uh, I'd love to give you one of the accounts of Jesus' life so you can discover for yourself. That Jesus is great. That is our message that we get to share this Christmas. The one promised to be born to Mary. He will be great. And do you know what? He continues to be great today.